Welcome back to another episode of Give Me Some Truth. It's Stan in the studio with Nate and Keith today. We have a little uh, domestic uh, international crossover here. We got uh, Keith from the expat side and Nate, the old standby. And guys, what are we what are we talking about today? Well, it makes sense that we have, you know, representation from both sides of the pond True. because, you know, we're on the, the uh, back half, if you will, of the uh, Ryder Cup celebration for the Americans. Indeed, and uh, I guess I'm representing the Euros. Um, well, yeah, yeah uh, in kind of a uh, you know thematic way, if you will, we won't we won't you know straddle you with with the loss. Um, Thank but, you. Though I did get you know straddled with the loss uh, since uh, we had a little inner office, um, you know, competition. Yes, uh, going on yes. about about the Ryder Cup, and I I picked the Euros. And yes. I made a traditional investing mistake, didn't I, Nate? You did. We and we and we're going to parallel the Ryder Cup, <clears throat> uh, which for those of you that don't know, a famous uh, U.S. versus Europe golf tournament, uh, and we're going to uh, parallel that with the age-old adage of investing, Keith. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Yes. Um, by the way, though, I did want to note on the Euro US thing, uh, this is like the one time that you can legitimately mock someone for being a Euro. <laughs> so, you know, this morning did some taunting of Sill in the office for being a Euro because wow. that was that was a shellacking. I think you yeah. could call that. Yeah. And it's it's uh, you know near and dear to the Wisconsinites hearts because uh, the team was captained by our own steve stricker uh which is pretty cool that uh you know he got he got to experience that but uh, and hosted at whistling straits just down the road in scenic kohler wisconsin. yeah yeah it was it was a uh, very wisconsin actually themed. it's haven haven you know is the yeah, actual haven. location of it yeah uh yeah i mean the whole thing was was uh it was just it was fun to watch top to bottom i was there on friday uh it was, it's a great environment if you ever get the chance even if you're not a huge golf fan the Ryder cup is a phenomenal uh event to attend and you'll get your opportunity in 2029 i believe if my math is right where it'll be in hazeltine which is in the twin cities it's gonna be in rome then it's gonna be back in new york city area yep. at beth page black and then do we know where it goes um then I think it goes to, uh, I want to say it goes to somewhere in Germany, uh, but I could be wrong. Das Golf Club? Possibly. I mean, the, the French one was Golf National, so, you, you know, La Das Golf, Golf Club. National. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you can't, like creative naming, not working real well. It's fantastic. Um, by the way, uh, would you call us America's leading finance and golf podcast wrapped into one? I mean, I wouldn't because I'm part of it, and so I'm probably not the right person to ask. Bias yeah. be known, uh, but Dan could. Dan I, could weigh in. Well, on Dan it is, he is also the bias. Well, he's also the marketing guy, right? So maybe that he is biased. Right. Maybe that's how we should. No, he's not. Us. He's not paid by Walkner Condon. Uh, he's completely on his own. He can say whatever he chooses. That's not true. What I just said, but you know, I mean, yeah. he, he could weigh in and tell us whether or not this is the world's best golf slash finance podcast. It might be the only golf. That's not really an answer. That's not that. Well, I I do. I I do uh, admire the political skills that Dan showed there. Already navigated that. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why this parallels, not Dan, the reason why the Ryder Cup parallels investing, because up until this, uh, as Keith said, the shellacking by the U.S., 
up until that point, the U.S. had lost seven of the last nine Ryder Cups. And so past performance. Euros win. U.S. usually heavily favored, underperforms, and loses. Right. So the idea is, you know, when you think about investing and how people like to look at uh, historical data, which, mind you, is not all bad, uh, and we should look at that information, and we should, uh, you know, have some sort of analytical basis for when, how, when, and how we make financial decisions. That said, simply looking at seven of the last nine uh, results going to the euros, uh, the assumption would be, well, clearly the euros are going to win. Yeah, and you know, and I think as well, this kind of assumption went into the makeup of the team, and this is something that we often do, and we don't consider that the ways things have changed maybe before. So the U.S., and, and we can talk about this a little bit more, or the, a younger team. The Euros relied on their workhorses, on their stalwarts, on their uh, tried and true. And, and so a couple of things have uh, may have played into this. One, those guys are older. Um, and so you can't, you know, judge necessarily on their performance from three years ago uh, versus their performance today. They may not be in the same place with regards to their golf game as they were three years ago. And so the U.S., you know, went with guys that were playing fairly well now, recent performance. The Euros went with guys with long historical track records, yes. guys that they went, ah, this is, this is, this is the guy to go to. Uh, in terms of who they picked and who they added. Um, and so what traditionally happens is this actually works out fairly well for the Euros because the pressure of the Ryder Cup, you know, there are all these human factors. But, you know, what, what you have to be careful is, you know, you want to use these past results as a guider, uh, as a, you know, piece of guidance. But you have to always make sure you're taking into account how the world is, has changed, right? right. And right. thinking about, you know, what's next or what's coming, uh, you know, in our particular world, particularly in international, um, we have this conversation all the time because for clients outside of the United States, we have a lot of non-U.S. assets. Well, if you look over the past 10 years, what has, uh, you know, outperformed? Well, it's the U.S. I mean, essentially, if you have assets elsewhere, uh, they're not doing as well and as, you know, U.S. assets. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One is a strong dollar, right? And so for our clients outside of the United States, we're trying to protect them because the inverse is going to be more costly than the gain that they'll frequently uh, feel right. with a, a stronger U.S. dollar. If the U.S. dollar weakens because maybe they're getting Social Security from the U.S., their investments are in the U.S., so on and so forth, they're going to have to pay for it. So you know, you you want to follow those trends, but you also want to be aware that, hey, the world has changed in some ways. And so, you know, we're not allocating 90% of the assets to Japan as we might have in 1987, for instance. So there are, you know, these ongoing changes and you just want to be aware of them as you use your past performance. And the other thing is we don't necessarily construct portfolios around pure past performance. We go a little bit more under the hood and look at how, the assets interact with one another in various market environments. And I think that's something that the U.S. team this year, in terms of Steve Stricker's captaincy, he looked at very strongly, was what guys are going to get along, what guys are going to play kindly with one another. He worked hard to, you know, soothe over that famous Brooks Kepka, uh, Bryson DeChambeau feud as well. 
so I think, you know, you can see a little bit of each of the, the things that, you know, good investors do in their portfolio as well. Uh, I was wrong. So let's, let's make sure that we note that, uh, that I was incorrect. This, these types should be noted. Uh, Very rarely does it happen. 2027 Ryder Cup at Adair Manor huh. in, uh, bear with me. Uh, County Limerick, Ireland. County Limerick. Look at Dan coming. Kind of pulled up. Coming up with the, uh, the is country. Dan our stat boy? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's I don't know that we have a title yet, but I okay. think it's the, it's probably yeah. in the advanced in the analytics. Well, once we spin out America's leading golf finance yes. podcast, <laughs> Dan can be our stat boy that we're going to call by stat boy. So while you were down the rabbit hole of Adair, Ireland, I was just making the point that yes. uh, one of the things that Steve Stricker looked at yes. was how do the guys play together? Right. Yeah, and I think that that's the, um, uh, you know, the, if, if you didn't watch it or if you weren't in, involved in it or as, as, you know, enthralled with it as I was, um, you know, the post-press conference that they did, the uh, reporters were trying to nail Stricker down to kind of what was the one thing that pushed you over the edge by way of, of the win or what, what was the one most influential thing you did. And uh, tactfully, he didn't answer that because it's a tough Kind of a almost kind of silly a dumb question. question. Kind of a silly question yeah. to answer. But what he did say, which what I thought was was very um, uh, intuitive, uh, but yet um, very smart at the same time, is uh, he just said he out prepared. That, that 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 really was what he said. Was you know obviously he can't swing the golf clubs, uh, but he can prepare his team and he can put them in a position to to have the best opportunity, backed with as much research and as much. Um, you know, just being ready as possible. And that was done in many facets, you know, by way of getting to the course early, two weeks early and doing, you know, practice rounds and learning the course well and kind of all of these things. But I think what it also shows us is that uh, while the future, uh, you know, for, for them was unknown, um, you know, before the first swing was taken on Friday morning, uh, if you prepare well, you, you you can find edges, you can find advantages, right? And I think that that's also something that we try to um, hang our hats on at Walkner Condon is, you know, if we prepare well by way of how we set up portfolios and how we learn our, our clients' needs and wants and desires and really kind of understand what people are trying to get out of their investments and then prepare their investments for that, at a minimum, we're giving their portfolios the best fighting chance to take on whatever tomorrow brings, right? Well, and I think the the point you make there as well about you know the one thing I think is is um, really relevant to what we do as financial advisors as well because I think when you talk to good coaches, the, they'll pull their hair out about the one thing question because to them it's a series of marginal gains, right? It's a right. series of right. right, and all too often investors say, well, the the secret to my success for my portfolio was, you know, I I got you know, 9.7% annualized return versus 9.3. And while we can try very hard, there's no one, there's no guarantee that you're ever going to outperform the market. You know, even a good stock over a time period may underperform the market. Um, you can make a lot of poor calls that turn out smart at various points. Right. Um, you looked like a big idiot if you held Apple in 1997, for right. instance, and now you look like a genius, you know? Um, so those are, are, you know, questions that, that come up. But what we're trying to do in a lot of cases is exactly what, you know, you identified there is there's not one magic bullet, but managing and figuring out all the small places where we can help you assemble marginal gains that will add up 
to that kind of winning strategy. For a lot of people, it's just knowing that they have a plan, and if they stick to that plan, they don't have to chase returns, and right. that gives them some discipline. And I imagine Steve Stricker, you know, he they talked about that he didn't make it feel like a Ryder Cup, right? He made it feel like a, a President's Cup, so he took away some of that stress, right, that right. made guys right. – tense up and so if we can take away some of that stress for our clients it's the same kind of concept in, yeah in a, in and a i think you made a good point earlier too in, in not not knocking potter carrington as the european captain because i think that's such an easy kind of cheap shot thing to do you know if your team especially if your team loses by a wide margin is you just you blame the the you know the coach or the captain and it's kind of he didn't he didn't hit any shots i mean so you can't put all the blame on him that's you know grossly unfair in my opinion um but he went with uh, you know, as you said, historical track records, right? So he kind of took the bellwethers, you know, and, and I think that's a, that's easily paralleled in investing is to, e it's easy to look at investments that have, that have done well, maybe over the last five or 10 years and say, well, if I just load up my portfolio with all of these things that have done well over the last five or 10 years, clearly I'll have the best, you know, performing allocation. And that's just not right. I mean, just before we stepped into the booth here, Keith, you were having a conversation with one of our uh, investment partners outside uh, talking about smart grid technology, right? I mean, smart grid technology wasn't even a thing literally five years ago, yep. not to mention it wasn't even almost thought of 10 years ago, right? And so to, nothing wrong with the things that have performed well over you know, you know, a decade or more, but to turn a blind eye to something just because it is newer, or doesn't have the track record, right? And again, it kind of parallels to what Steve Stricker did with the, with the U.S. team. He wasn't afraid to take on younger players. He wasn't afraid to take on players that had never been in that environment before, and they performed well. And so, I think it's the idea. But but at the same time, right? He blended that with with experience, right? So he blended that with the things that have kind of weathered. Um, the storms before and, and and have come out well and so we had a great balance amongst the team and i think that that's what we strive to do within the portfolios is not not be stodgy necessarily and and only look at the things that have done well over the last you know 20 years and say well this is the only way we should do it but at the same time also not being too enamored with things like the game stock-esque GameStop ask, excuse yeah, me, the, uh, you know, type investments. The hot thing. And and right. so like, uh, you know, by way of discussing, you know, we were talking about smart grid technology and what the effects would be. And so one, we have clients who are interested in something like that. And this is where we come in. They come in with a philosophical viewpoint. They're worried about the environment and they want to have their investments. So then our job is to translate that, right? Right. And I think, you know, and then, yeah, that may not have the track record of an S&P 500, but we can pull back and put together a, a substantial bit of data. And then when we're adding that piece in, you know, you've got your core six like they do in the Ryder right. Cup. Right. We're adding this piece in. Let's see how it fits with all the other pieces as right. well, rather right. than just saying, oh, yeah, great call. It's been up 20% a year over right. the last five years. And so it's really in a lot of ways, you know, the team building concept that, that we've kind of been circling around in our conversation. That's what a lot of putting together a portfolio is, is thinking about, right. you know, how does it work as a team? If, you know, if so-and-so isn't driving the ball well, you know, we know that's a big weakness in his game. And, and, you know, the Ryder Cup, they're now using sophisticated analytics to look at all these things. Who's the best recovery player maybe to pair with him? Where, when his game is off, does he 
you know, lose the most, you know, strokes or whatever, who can maybe help him in those situations. And, you know, they're, they're maximizing all of those. And it's a lot of the same. And in fact, if you look at like Moneyball, you know, one of the, yeah, right. th- that concept is now right. in the Ryder Cup and it's in Major League Baseball. And those concepts came from finance in a, right. in a lot of ways. And, you know, Michael Lewis, the guy who wrote the book, said it was really helpful that it, he had worked a great book, by the way, if you haven't read Liar's Poker, mm, uh, about yes. his time in the, in the bond office at Solomon in the 80s. Great book. But he said, you know, part of it, I wanted to tell sports stories, but having the background in finance helped me translate that to people as well. And so I think you're starting to see these overlaps between sports and what we do. So it's not just, you know, us having an unhealthy obsession with the Ryder Cup that's causing this podcast to happen too. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's funny how the parallels, uh, you know, exist with, with, you know, art and science, right? I mean, you look at the, at the you know, the artful side of sports and how that's now becoming very statistical and very measured and and, and a lot of what we do. And, and I think that that's... Um, it just helps us to, to kind of understand that again, going back to the original point, which is, you know, more preparation, more, um, control over the variables that we can control allows us to then not be as worried about those variables that we can't control, uh, when those pop up in the market. And so, um, yeah. And, and, you know, there, you're always going to have things that, you know, lie outside. So, you know, rather than, you know, um, probability is not certainty, right? Right. And so we're taking those things into account, but we're also monitoring everything else. I mean, nobody thought March of 2020 would have happened right. and transpired like it did. So you have to be, you know, yeah, you, you, there's, you can't just rely only on algorithms, you know, and you need to have a little bit of the human touch. And I think uh, apparently Steve Stricker did that quite well. He did. He did. And, and, uh, you know, wrapping it up so we don't bore the non-golf fans to tears, you know, it's, it, uh, we, we enjoy talking about the things that, that make us happy and the Ryder cup made, you know, the majority of us here in the office happy. And, um, but I think there's li- things to learn, uh, and, and, and kind of take away from some of these things that we enjoy. And, um, I, th- I think the message today is, is, you know, if we can, if we can build a team, i.e. your portfolio with the right components and with the right um, players, if you will, uh, you know, the outcomes uh, will be favorable. And we'll and have to, yeah, yeah, know. we'll have to do the spinoff podcast where we talk about um, Stan's secret plan for the European team that he's going to get them all right root, root, rooted into Portugal through that um, new, you know, work exchange visa that they have. And I think, I think if they know, thought about it well enough, they would have Stan be the Ryder cup captain for the European team in 2023. I so think, I mean, uh, he's well, going to watch his phone I mean, waiting for the PGA yeah, European PGA given to call. Stan's obsessive nature though. I think, you know, he'd probably focus on that to right. the detriment of his full-time gig. Right. Whether he gets that call or not from the European PGA, he's not getting the time off. So that's, <laughs> yeah. we're going to just end that, end yeah. that probability yeah. right yeah. now. Uh, he may have, yeah, he'd, he'd have to leave Walkner County. Right. We don't right. do two year sabbaticals. No, sorry. Walker, so. Walker, uh, Ryder cup or otherwise. Right. Yeah. So we appreciate your patience with us entertaining this idea today. And we look forward to speaking to you at our next installment of give me some truth. Mm-hmm.
Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and is not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercontinent.com.